We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. This is Siope. I am one of the hosts here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast, and I'm happy to be presenting today. Today, we will be talking about something that happened during a coaching session last week. And that is in regards to how do you communicate with your child about ADHD so they can understand and you can work towards improving their behaviors. Now, last week I received a phone call and we're going to name the father Frank just because he wants to remain anonymous, which is fine. So Frank had called me up about his five-year-old who has been diagnosed by his physician uh, to have ADHD. And he is having some issues in school with his behavior. And he wanted to know, is it a good idea to talk to his child about ADHD? And whether or not talking about ADHD with his child actually gives his child permission to act out even more. Now, that's a wonderful question because a lot of parents feel like if I talk about ADHD with my child... I'm actually giving them an excuse they can use later on and say, well, I can behave this way because I have ADHD and this is the way it works. That is a false assumption, but it all depends on the way that you frame the way that you talk about ADHD with your child. So in speaking with Frank about this, we started to talk more and more about what he wanted to gain from his child knowing he has ADHD. And this evolved into a great discussion about what is important for Frank. So during this podcast, we are going to be discussing how do you talk with your children about ADHD? We want to focus on the skill of effective communication, which is a skill you can find on the Smarter Parenting website in our lessons page. So this is focused primarily on how do you communicate with your child, but we also are going to get into how do we communicate with other family members who may not really understand ADHD and why your child is behaving in certain ways during family events. So we're going to cover those three topics. First topic is how do you communicate with your child about ADHD? The second is how do you communicate with family members who may not understand ADHD? And then the third is going to be how do you use effective communication to communicate about these things? Now, the ultimate goal in this podcast is to help you understand that by communicating about ADHD, it does not give them permission to act out any way that they want. And again, as I mentioned, it's all in the framing. So when I was communicating with Frank about this, we explored what are the things that you want to gain from telling your son that he has ADHD and what it is. For Frank, the most important thing was to help his child understand that he's not like other boys and that there are some vast differences in the way that his behavior shows in the classroom, and that's why he's getting in trouble. Well... I asked Frank to really evaluate that approach and to think about his child's perception of saying, hey, well, I guess I'm different than other kids. I guess I can misbehave. And it took a little bit, but Frank understood what I was talking about. When we start to single out a child and say, you are different than the other kids, 
what we do, in effect, is allow them some wiggle room to say, hey, well, I can behave the way I want because I have this, this issue that I'm dealing with. So in talking to Frank, I said a better approach would be to, to really comfort him and let him know ADHD is something that a lot of children struggle with and that they can all overcome if they get the right kind of treatment. Some will require medication, some will require you know, therapy, a lot of different things. And so there are a lot of options out there. Now, I want you to think about how different that sounds between the two approaches. One is you're acting out because you have ADHD. Or there are a lot of children that struggle with ADHD and you know, depending on what they need, they can learn to overcome it. So the whole idea is we are empowering our children to understand, hey, I have something going on, but I do have some control and there are things that can be done in order to help me be successful. So I talked to Frank about this and his son is five years old. So he's, his son is very, very young. And he said, well, what, what should I focus on if I'm going to talk to him about ADHD? And I said, well, for younger children, it's almost always best to focus on behavior. Okay, so you behave this way, this is the behavior, and it, this is the consequence for that behavior. Children don't have the capacity to understand the nuances of ADHD or the complexities of ADHD. So you want to provide your child with the information that they need in order to address behavioral issues, usually when they're younger. That's a lot more tangible and it's visible. So we are working with a five-year-old. The whole goal is these are the behaviors that are being exhibited. And this is typical of other children who have ADHD. Here are some solutions for how they have resolved this issue. And let's try a few. It's very empowering to communicate it that way than to say, well, you have ADHD you know, your doctor says that this is the behavior you're going to have. And then you, you almost place a label on your child, which can be a very dangerous thing for your child because it confines them and it doesn't give them options. Now, for older children, and I told Frank this, I said, if your child is older, a lot of times it's better to communicate with them about ADHD by talking about the brain and talking about the functioning of the brain and why their brain works a certain way, certain symptoms that they can look out for, for the certain behaviors that they have. Now, this all depends on the maturity of your child. If they can understand the brain, how the brain works and make sense of the world, you want to start to introduce concepts related to ADHD and the brain functioning. Now, all the while doing this, you're still going to use the skill of effective communication, and the skill of effective communication is a wonderful skill because it really does push parents to listen and repeat back what they understood from the communication. So the first step is to make eye contact. Uh, you want to listen until the other person's done. You want to repeat what you've heard back to them and be sure that they agree that what you're saying is what they meant and then you can share your own thoughts on the topic and then have them repeat it back and eventually come up with a solution. So with Frank, we are using this skill with his five-year-old, okay? We are communicating about ADHD and 
there are options for him to learn to control some of his, of his behavioral issues in school. And this is something that is going to be very helpful for his son to feel empowered and feel like he can make some choices despite struggling in school. It also gives the child uh, a boost of self-esteem because you can actually rely back on their ability to try and work through this and praise them for the efforts that they make. So in communicating about ADHD with your children, those are the recommendations. For younger children, you want to communicate about behavioral issues. That is more tangible and understandable for them. As they get older, you want to focus on uh, what's happening in their brain. Why does the brain function this way? How does it manifest? What are the symptoms I can look out for? And then you always want to let them know, hey, you know what you're going through a lot of people have gone through. And so there are solutions out there. There are options. We just need to find the right fit for you. Now, you want to assure your child that how they're feeling is normal for a person with ADHD. So whatever emotions they may be working through, you can say, you know, other children with ADHD struggle with those same emotions. And even some adults have those same emotions. So let's work towards trying to make you uh, make better choices in regards to your behavior. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that you want to communicate with them that part of ADHD is having many exciting ideas that may come all at once and that he or she may not know what to do with all of this energy. So this is something that you can share with both young children and old children uh, older kids, communicate with them that it's possible they may have a lot of ideas going on at the same time, and they may not know exactly how to channel that energy. And so you are there to help them work through this. You always want to remind your children that ADHD is not an excuse for bad behavior, but that you are there to help them when trouble happens. And you want to reassure them that you can work together to make things better at home and at school. So again, we are taking on the role of support and also guidance. Children are looking to their parents as the guide of how to navigate through this world. So it's important for parents to be able to do that by being open and communicating about these things. I told Frank it is a good idea for him to communicate with his son about ADHD, help his son understand the nuances of it based on his maturity level and his age, always empowering him to make good decisions and that there are options to help him in the future. There's a lot of hope in that way of communicating with a child. Now, we are going to move this over to how do you communicate with family members that may not understand ADHD. One of the things that I have found to be interesting is there are a lot of families who struggle with extended family who just don't understand that ADHD is an issue. And they think that, hey, it's just poor parenting. You need to be more of a disciplinarian for your child. They tend to make these excuses of, hey, your child's behaving badly because you're not a good parent. That's a very hurtful place 
to be. And it can be very uncomfortable for many families. I know of so many parents who have had uh, other family members interject their perceptions about what is happening in their family and offer suggestions. Now, first off, we have to look at the bigger picture, which is these family members are invested in your family and their recommendations, even though it may seem inappropriate or even hurtful, are coming from a place of concern and of love. And if you can do that, that helps to shift your attention to how can I communicate with them better so they can understand what it is that we are going through. Many times, people are not convinced when you talk about behavioral issues if you focus on behavior, uh, extended family. So let's say that Frank was communicating with his extended family and he focused on all his school behaviors. That is almost a dead end because once he starts explaining what behaviors are being exhibited in school, that is where extended family will say, well, have you tried this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And so the general approach that I recommend for parents is to talk to them about ADHD in a scientific way. And that is communicating with them about the brain science of ADHD, the history of ADHD. This can be a lot more informative and helpful for them to contextualize exactly what is happening with your child and ways that they can help your child. Now, you do have to establish some very good boundaries in regards to what you communicate, how you communicate, and what you're willing to accept as feedback from other people. And you need to know that before you start this conversation. But you will use the same skill as effective communication when communicating about these things with extended family members. You are really bound by... Uh, communicating, have them reflect back what they hear, being sure that everyone is being understood, and then coming up with a solution at the end. And when you use this technique, it's very, very helpful for those who are trying to be understood to be understood in this difficult conversation. Now, some parents or some extended family members may struggle with the boundaries that you set. And if they do struggle with those boundaries, you need to know exactly where you will draw the line in the communication. It's also helpful for you to know what you want to share with extended family members and what you don't want to share. I don't feel like everyone needs to know everything about my child and their behavior. I feel like I can just share what I want to share, but that is between me and my child. And it's okay to be that way. They don't need to know everything. But approaching it from a more brain-focused, scientific approach, medical terminology is a lot more helpful for older adults who may struggle with understanding what ADHD is to grasp that this is occurring. It also gives you some options to explore therapies that you have tried or therapies that you want to try in order to help your child. So those are the keys. You want to use the skill of effective communication that you can find on the Smarter Parenting website and jump over there. So during this podcast, we've talked about how do you communicate with your child, 
Then we have talked about how you can communicate with extended family members who may not really understand the nuances of your child with ADHD. And then we finished off by talking about effective communication, which is the need for you to communicate these things and set appropriate boundaries. Now, one thing about boundaries that I think is essential for you to understand is that boundaries a lot of time are not defined in the correct way. Some people feel like I'm setting a boundary. This is what you have to do and this is what I have to do. The reality is, is when you set a boundary, the boundary is only focused on what you will do. You cannot control what other people do or how they react, but you can control how you will react if certain things happen. So go in with a clear understanding that here's my boundary. You know, if I start communicating about ADHD and I feel I am not being understood or listened to, I will let them know. And if it continues, then I will back away. And then when you meet with the extended family member, you will state that and say, this is the way it's going to be. I will communicate. If I feel like I'm not being understood, I will let you know. And if I continue to communicate with you and I still don't feel like you are understanding me, I will step away from the conversation. That gives you all the control and all the power in setting a good boundary. And that's an important differentiation between saying boundary is something that I'm going to put down and you have to respect because we really can't control what other people do. So just a clarification on the boundaries that you're setting in these communications with your child and with other people. You can also set these types of boundaries with your child. If you think about it, setting these understandings of what boundaries are is a very helpful way for your child to say, hey, I'm in control of what I can do. People can behave and do what they're going to do, but I, this is where I draw the line and this is what I'm going to do in this situation. So establish those boundaries before you begin those communications. If you have communicated in the past with family members that have not understood where you are coming from. And this can range from outside of ADHD as well as with ADHD. You can talk about anything with anyone. If you set good boundaries, you know what you're going to talk about. You let them know beforehand where those boundaries are and you take the right approach. So don't focus on the behaviors if your child is acting out in so many ways. You want to focus on ADHD is this medical issue, and these are the options that we have to treat it, and this is how long it's been around. Here are some studies about it so you can understand, and this is what's happening. Now, you're going to have a few people who say, well, my generation didn't deal with that, and the reality is with ADHD, it's been here for over 100 years. It has been here for a quite a while. It was originally known as hyperkinetic disorder, and it changed over the years. But this uh, behavior, these symptoms have existed for a long time and have been studied for a very long time. So to say that any generation of anyone who's living currently hasn't had to deal with this issue in the past is not true. And again, if you think about what I just communicated to you, I'm approaching it from a more knowledge-focused approach rather than a behavioral-focused approach.
saying, well, you know, behaviorally, I guess your generation was different. No, I'm saying, hey, this is the science. This is the history of ADHD. So you have a lot of things to weigh as parents on how you're going to approach communicating about ADHD. But I feel like it's important for parents to have that conversation and really think about what you are communicating and how you are communicating about it. Now, to Frank and his son, I wish them the very best. I know Frank is going to communicate about ADHD and focus on the strengths of his son and say, here's some options of things we can do to help you. Rather than saying, well, you have ADHD, that's why you're behaving this way, which is almost an excuse for him to continue to behave that way. We don't want to do that with our children. So that's it for me for this week, and I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for checking in with us in our coaching page. You can find all these skills on the Smarter Parenting website, and we are here to answer any questions you may have. Feel free to send them over to smarterparenting at smarterparenting.com. That's our email address. And we can answer those during a podcast or we can send you a message. All right. I hope you have a great week. All right. Bye-bye.